The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Larissa Moore. It's Thursday the 16th of April. In your Squiz today, the US pauses funding for the World Health Organisation. Australians have lost their shopping mojo. Ireland gets closer to forming a government and backyard walking for a good cause. This is your Squiz today. The big news yesterday, Claire, was the announcement from Donald Trump that the US would be freezing payments to the World Health Organization for up to 90 days over what President Trump says is their role in severely mismanaging and covering up the spread of the coronavirus. It's caused some pretty big reactions. Firstly, what's prompted him to take this step? The US has the highest number of coronavirus cases and deaths, and Donald Trump has been under a whole lot of pressure uh, across America about the government's handling of this and whether they acted early enough and whether they've done enough. That's really intensified this week. But what Donald Trump says is that the World Health Organization should have got medical experts into China to look at the situation on the ground in the very early days, and that it should have called out China's lack of transparency. What others say, though, is it's about bigger things, that America provides the bulk of the funding to the World Health Organization, about $400 million a year, and that it wants a bigger say in that forum and for China to be sidelined. I guess this act then begs the question, did China try to cover up the virus? There's been a lot said about this already, and no doubt there'll be a whole lot more said about it when the health emergency has passed. But both the World Health Organization and Donald Trump praised China in the early days for their transparency. So that's something to keep in mind. But experts who are looking at documents and also at the infection data now that we're a little bit past it say that there was definitely something happening in Wuhan where officials stayed silent. And if a bit more was known in those days, then potentially some of what's happened across the world could have been prevented. Back home now, and the question of whether schools should be open and parents sending kids to them is on a lot of people's minds. Prime Minister Scott Morrison has appealed to teachers to get back into the classrooms, Claire, so that parents can get back to work. And that then delivered a whole day of people feeling very confused about exactly what the situation was. Dan Tean, the Education Minister, says that the message is clear, that for parents who are working and if they can't look after their kids at home, that schools are open and students can attend school. But the advice from the states and territories at the moment is if you can uh, not send your kids to school, then don't. It's something that's going to be discussed a bit later today at the next National Cabinet meeting. Also on the discussion table at the National Cabinet meeting is what a path out of the shutdowns could start to look like as we balance getting industries moving again with containing any potential further outbreaks. A lot more to come on this one and the schooling. Looking at business and retail for a moment, Claire, it looks like Australians are shutting their wallets now that the panic buying is done and that consumer confidence is at really low levels. Not really surprising. (laughs) Look, it's not. And it's something, of course, that's very concerning, though, to governments. And that's why looking at a way out of this and easing restrictions is very much top of mind because the economy really is faltering and consumer spending is a big part of that. Uh, We're really not feeling confident about going out and spending anything at the moment. Finally, Claire, on coronavirus, the feel-good story of the day has to go to 99-year-old war veteran Captain Tom Moore in the UK. 
What a legend. He's walked 100 laps of his 25-metre garden. He set out with the aim of raising £1,000 for the NHS, their National Health Service, and so far he's raised $15 million Australian dollars. So he's done pretty well. He reckons he might walk another 100 laps, and I reckon oh, he, he probably should for that money. <laughs> Head to the Squiz Today email to read this story. It's an absolute winner. Power to the people, isn't that what Celeste Barber says? <laughs> That's exactly right. Over to other news now, Claire, and the High Court has ruled that the warrant used to raid News Corp journalist Annika Smethurst's home last year was invalid. Does this mean the case is now put to rest? No, it really doesn't. It was a bit of a mixed bag, that decision. So while the uh, raid was invalid, uh, they didn't get everything that they wanted for Smethurst, which was to have the evidence either returned uh, or destroyed that was seized in that raise. Uh, the court says that that's something that the police can hold on to and they're currently looking at what a prosecution against uh, Annika Smithhurst might be like. Uh, Remember, this goes back to a story that she wrote back in 2018 uh, where she cited a sensitive uh, internal government proposal that was looking into expanding the powers of our electronic spy agency. Uh, So that is still very much on the table and also uh, the ABC raid, which was over another sensitive leak uh, are still under review by the federal police, they say. In international news now, in Saudi Arabia, the use of the death penalty has doubled since King Salman and his son, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, came to the throne five years ago. Something that's surprised people because, of course, they'd promised to be uh, social reformers. They were looking at modernising the country. And on one hand, they've absolutely done that. But on others, um, it seems to be going back to a darker past. And the use of the death penalty, about 800 people there have been uh, executed. And there's been a steep rise in the number of political executions. So it's something that human rights organisations are very concerned about. Still in international news, Ireland went to the polls in a general election back in February. The IRA-aligned Sinn Féin party made a huge surprise push to win the most votes, but no party had enough to form a majority government. The two major parties could be edging closer to it, though, Claire. The ruling party, which is headed by Leo um, Varadkar, has been able to work out some kind of coalition with the other major party. That's something that both of those parties absolutely ruled out heading into that election. Uh, But the result from Sinn Féin really has uh, seen a bit of a course correction and they're now looking at uh, many, many, many weeks later what a government that would sort of share power would look like for them in Ireland. It would see the two major parties, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, have a full and equal partnership for five years, during which they'd rotate the position of Taoiseach or Prime Minister. There's a lot of people revisiting classical movies right about now, but it seems Disney Plus have done a little hair maintenance on Daryl Hannah in the 80s movie Splash. Claire, this one's pretty funny. It is. Uh, it was a bit of a classic movie as I was growing up, Splash, and look, I don't remember it being particularly scandalous, but <laughs> Disney Plus has seen uh, fit to give Daryl Hannah a bit more coverage in a scene where she's heading into the water. It looks like her butt now has fur on it. It's one of the worst <laughs> Photoshop jobs I've ever seen. Uh, head to the Squiz Today email if you want to check that one out. And what's the subject line today? 
The subject line today goes to our squiz sayings. Um, We've got a a story here of a 93-year-old in Pittsburgh. She uh, held up a sign at her window asking for more (laughs) beer. Whenever I think of beer in America, I think of Homer Simpson. And there's a line from a song from the show, which was, um, it was a very good beer, which is set to the uh, old Frank Sinatra classic of, of course, it was a very good year. So, yeah, that made me think of that a bit of the simpsons that's all from us today head to the squiz today email if you want to read more about any of the stories we've covered today other than that have a good one and we will talk to you tomorrow the squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed sign up at the quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP. You.